0: Oh, yeah. And if you let your boy BC digress for a second, I got something new to tell you about. How about the all new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe, right? How about a vehicle equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family? And if you're looking for features, the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has you covered, like available H-Trek all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some of that mud. And with standard third-row seating, you can make sure the whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads make sure no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Make sure you can worry less about the rugged terrain to come. Want to learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe? Head on over to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. It's a 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
1: Reveille, reveille, dogs.
0: Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion that's the spirit we bring to this show i'm luke thomas i'm brian campbell this is
1: morning combat it is wednesday the 25th of november 2020 it is time donkeys for morning combat hi everyone it's the day before thanksgiving uh You know, and not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, or whatever the hell we're supposed to say that would be the adaptation from Christmas. Hello, my name is Luke Thomas. I'm from CBS Sports. I am uh, one half of your hosting duo. I am joined by my partner in crime across the screen. He's the fake to my news. (laughs) I tease, I tease, but he is the conspiracy to my theory. It's Brian Campbell. Hi, Brian.
0: Hello, Luke. Hello, Luke. It's great to be back with you. Where I come from, Luke, in the uh, industrial Naugatuck Valley of Connecticut, this is a holiday known as Valley New Year with the tradition known around the at least the states of going back to your hometown, going back to a really crappy bar, and trying to hook up with as many high school people that you can, right? I mean, it's a tradition yes. unlike any other, right?
1: Yeah, although with COVID, that's been getting in the way of everything. But yeah, back in the day when you would go home from... From Thanksgiving, especially the first year after freshman year, you know, and you're seeing everyone from college back in high school the first time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a little bit of an interesting time, but uh, then we got married,
0: Luke. Then we got old things happened. But one thing about us and this show that the great Cali once said, Luke, Luke and BC make it look easy. I mean, we're just pumping content out like it's nothing, Luke, three shows a week. Great interviews. Hey, how about a doc? What's up, doc? You see that thing, Luke? You see that shit?
1: I did. I did. Uh, Generally seemed to be pretty pretty good reception. People seem to not understand that maybe you and I were joking in that, but that's to be expected because that is the world we live in. But rest assured... We were having some of it of fun. was
0: jokes. Some of it was exaggeration. Don't
1: do a bit. Don't do a bit <laughs> where you text me some, last night some of it all was worried real, that Luke no one... Hold on, hold, on, hold on. I'm going to pull back the curtain on your ass because I know what you're doing here. BC texted me last night being like, dude, I don't think people understand we were joking during this thing. I'm like, yeah, that's the way of the world. What are you going to do? Do not come on the show today and be like, no, 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 and play a different fucking game than the one you were playing yesterday with me, my friend. Stay consistent. Stay regular. Have some you oh. know, Luke, do you ever, think that, you ever think
0: that maybe I was
1: playing a game with you then? Yeah, I think you play a game all the time, but I also know when you're halfway serious.
0: <laughs> come on, Luke. I'm a big fan of yours. I give thanks today, Luke, for you and all of your followers and subscribers, okay? I mean, where the hell would I be, Luke, as we saw on the doc, right? Where Who would I be without <laughs> you? I mean, come on, Luke. Who needs sauce on their meat? Good God.
1: Yeah, not quite exactly the right right metaphor, but nevertheless, I'm thankful for you as well, as well as the audience, as well as Showtime and some other folks. We should get that out of the way. If you want to try Showtime, you certainly can. Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you could pound sand. Uh, merch, by the way, I, on Monday, I erroneously said fake news. Well, at the time, we didn't know it was fake news. We thought it was real. But uh, we were told after Monday's show that there will, in fact, be Black Friday sales for our merchandise which you can get at store.show.com. So follow Brian and me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever on Friday for Black Friday. We will post the codes that you guys need to get discounts on merch. But, but good news, there actually will be Black Friday sales for some of our Showtime uh, merchandise. And then, uh, you know, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, BC. Who's doing the majority of the cooking in your house now that Thanksgiving's been all COVID rearranged?
0: Uh, th- we did look into some potential takeout options like Indian, but we ended up settling more on cook at home, traditional wife cooking. But this year, because, you know, no, no family members coming over, we're not going anywhere. It'll be a full family, you know, husband, wife, two sons, all digging in, rolling up the sleeves, putting their, their, their arm inside of that thing. So it should be fun, Luke. All right.
1: Do you make the kids like cook, like do stuff?
0: Uh, sometimes, but they're, they don't, you know, they're. The the, wor- the the least accomplished cook in this house is still me, but they're, you know, they're
1: picking things up here and there, Luke, okay? All right. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure not sure what cook. else to I'm say. I'm
0: sure you're a renaissance man. You have your own recipes. No. I'm sure, you know.
1: Back in my late 20s, early 30s, I cooked a lot, and ever since then, I was just like, you know what, man? Fuck all this bullshit. Yeah. Just, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't care anymore, you know? Um, I had an apartment, I, I, my
0: I first apartment. I lived there for five years. Did not use the stover oven one time. <laughs> <Not kidding laughs> okay, you. that's not a kidding. little
1: excessive. Yeah. That's a little excessive. I can definitely work a grill to this day. I can still grill pretty well, but that's about it. Um, uh, all right, so yes, please go watch the doc. Reminder. Friday. Not only are we going to have Black Friday sales for the merchandise, but there will be a special Q and A episode. It won't be live, but we'll make sure we get it out in an orderly fashion so that by Friday, if you have something to or you need something to watch while the fam is out there Black Friday shopping, if you're standing in line to go fist fight some other woman named Karen over a uh, uh, a toaster at uh, Walmart, we'll give you something to you know kill the time before you go kill her. So please don't do that, by the way. That'd be a very bad idea. Uh, all right, BC. Before we get into this, they apparently we don't, we don't really have a deep dive today. I guess we kind of do, which was our opening topic. But they made some animation for us. I kind of want to see it. Gaff, can you play the new animation for the deep dive segment? Hey, there you go. Oy, oh, wow. with yeah. the snorkel,
0: <laughs> yeah. diving into yeah. those DMs. I like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Not Woo-hoo. so bad. Not so bad. I think we have this. Do we have the same color palette as Monday's show? By the way, though. I think yeah, you do. Maybe well, I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. We, see, I, what I love about Wednesday show, okay? Number one, NJW, right? No J Wednesday. Number two, we got, like, the beige color scheme, with which really goes with my uh, nickname and identity, Luke, okay? Yeah.
1: By the way, can we both agree on this, that, like, whatever people correct or erroneous assumptions they took from the uh, from the mockumentary that we made? Can we both agree that Jay got hit with an absolute sledgehammer in that fucking thing? I mean, yeah, I, he got can we both no. Agree he got that no At one point, I was rules. like,
0: "Is he gonna kill us? Like, is he actually gonna like? Did we, you know, did we create a Benoit here? What is going on?"
1: He is gonna be absolutely better. uh but what are you gonna do? Who cares? No one cares about him. All I right. love Jay.
0: I love Jay Aaron. Okay, I love it. And shout out to. Hey, shout out to NACO for these free energy drinks. Thank you very much. Okay, Go, keep going. Very keep good. Going.
1: All right, let's get this party started if we can. Topic number one, BC. I guess it'll be our deep dive anyway, or something of the equivalent. Mike Tyson comes back to the ring for the first time in decades, basically, at this point. Well, I guess he had the sparring tour or whatever, but in any kind years of... years as a
0: pro, Luke. 14 years since we last saw him do anything.
1: Okay. Something like that. It's going to be $50, dollars forty nine ninety nine 99 for an exhibition bout against the legendary, equally legendary in many ways, if not more, uh, Roy Jones Jr. Okay, BC. Let's set this up. We're supposed to preview this. I don't really know what to say because, as an exhibition contest, there are a series of limits on what they can do. Let me get to some of them here for you, if I can. So, as I mentioned, it'll be forty nine ninety nine. It'll be at the Staples Center. Start time at nine p.m. in the East Coast time. I think Fight TV or Tyson on uh, Triller.
0: Just recently in the last two days, it's been added to every traditional pay-per-view provider as well. Uh,
1: Is that right? Okay, yeah. I mean, they're all trying to get some cash out of this. All right, so it's probably going to sell well. Now, how well, I don't know, BC, but just to set this up, no one will be declared the winner, even if someone gets dropped. You're not allowed to KO the other guy, although how you enforce that, I don't know. There's no judges. There is also, I think, no headgear either, uh, but when it's all over, they're going to be given belts and the gloves are a little bit bigger as well so yeah, it's can, basically everything a breakdown we
0: hate. of the difference in rules luke okay eight two minute rounds unlike the three minute traditional oh, that's right the gloves yes. will be 12 ounces instead of 10 um you're right that uh the california state athletic commission is enforcing that the first sign of blood they'll stop the fight and also it's supposed to be heavy sparring with no one going for the knockout and no winner but The WBC has awarded shitty fake belts. It's a uh, frontline title. Black Lives Matter. Support that, definitely, on the front of it. And also, Luke, the WBC has appointed uh, Christy Martin, Chad Dawson, and Vinny Pazienza as ceremonial judges who will not be scoring round by round, Luke, but will provide a winner if the fight goes the distance. Now, If it didn't go the distance, it would mean there was a knockout. But Andy Foster said knockouts aren't allowed. So, Luke, I think this is the first topic. Like, this decides a lot of whether you're going to put the 50 bucks down. We know when a 54-year-old famous ex-champion of Mike Tyson faces a 51-year-old Roy Jones, there's intrigue, there's nostalgia, but it could be a carnival crap show. I think what the California State Athletic Commission is trying to do by pushing this out there but with really selective, prohibitive rules, Luke. There's a potential here that as soon as this thing gets good, if it has the opportunity to get good, that they could ruin it. They're putting referee Ray Corona in a really tough spot to basically come out and say, no, it's only going to be sparring, no knockdowns, this is entertainment only. You, there's, I mean, I can envision, Luke, a, a couple bad scenarios. One of them is that the second this thing gets fun, they're like, okay, he's had enough. He had enough. We didn't have any. BC you know is not I'm making saying? it Luke, look easy. That's got to be your audio? biggest fear as a fan, consumer, anything BC, I right think now.
1: we lost audio. Time out. Did we lose audio? Uh, okay, well, go ahead. Do your thing there, BC. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Yes, go ahead. As he just... Making it look easy. (laughs) All right. Here, uh, we'll get Brian back on because he has faulty equipment. For once, I love how the last set of technical difficulties have actually not been mine for once. It has been quite a relief to get there. One note on what Brian said that deserves to be corrected, which is the WBC might have a panel of celebrity judges and they might declare a winner. But that isn't actually making a winner in the official record books. The only person who could declare a winner or a loser would be the commission. The WBC or any other sanctioning body, they can anoint a ceremonial winner if they want, but they can't anoint an actual winner. So insofar as the bout itself is concerned, there is no way to get uh, an official winner, an official loser. I suppose here's one thing that no one's really talked about either, which is what if Tyson or Roy Jones, I suppose, either case, well, let's say Tyson drills Jones to the body with a with a vicious you know liver shot and drops him and he can't continue. I mean that wouldn't be going for the head in some kind of egregious way. It's hard to regulate how hard you go to the body. Yes, you can regulate it a little bit, but you never really know exactly what might drop someone. Hello, these guys are in their fifties. What if that happened you, again? You would not have an official winner. The contest would just be over at that point. But uh, I think it, you would at least have somebody who clearly was the superior of the two, even insofar as sparring is concerned. I, I think I see BC in my Zoom. There he is. Hi, BC.
0: Yeah, we got, the, got that McDonald's Wi-Fi over here at uh, Casa I, D. I was just
1: saying, BC, if you could pick up on this, what if, first of all, as I indicated, the commission is the only one who can declare an actual winner or loser. WBC can select like a ceremonial one, but it doesn't count for the record books. However, BC, what if Tyson, I'm going to make up something, what if Tyson dropped Jones to the body with a body shot? Yes, he would still not be declared the winner, but you'd get some finality there. And, you know, these guys yeah. are in their 50s. It's not like they can take a huge shot.
0: I mean, look, it's an exhibition, so, there, you know, there's no victory on your record. But obviously, Tyson is having hopes with whatever investors he has to start a legends only league that provides pay per views for all sports and all old athletes. I mean, look, who knows if that thing is going to last an hour, let alone a second pay per view. But, Yes, they're, they're very much, despite the, the uh, limitations around it, could be a winner. If they stop a fight because of a cut or a knockdown or knockout, yeah. But Luke, to the point I was making, and I don't know if you heard all of it, you got to be nervous that they're going to ruin this for us. That us as, meaning us as a consumer, the people that are going to pay $50 for really the nostalgic thing of seeing Mike get in there again, seeing if the smaller Roy Jones, who's been certainly much more active as recently as 2018, if he can outbox him and get in. I mean, we want There's certain things that we're paying to see. Are they going to take that away from us? Luke, you got to fear that coming in.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there's tension between what the commission is allowing and what they want to promise to the public. And they're having a hard time meeting somewhere in the middle. And so, You'll just have to see where it ends up being in the end. And I don't really know the answer to that. I, I honestly, like I said, my recommendation is you should go in there ready to be disappointed or at a bare minimum have very managed expectations because if a you get that, moon, you're fine. Man. Yeah, if it's anything more than that, you, you got more than your money's worth. So do you have any like official prediction for how this will go? Will anybody will anybody take a knee because of a punch during well, the let, course let, of this Let's get
0: all the things out of the way and move it, which we've already talked about for months, because this this fight's been around for a while. They rescheduled it. The whole idea of should it happen, the rules, all that stuff. Let's put that aside, Luke. They're going to fight. Both have said in the press conference, in any interview they've done, I'm not gloving up for an exhibition. I'm gloving up for a fight. I'm going for the kill, all those great uh, quotes. So here's the deal. I think you have to favor Roy Jones in this spot. Tyson's going to have one. He's in great shape. He's only three years older than Roy. Tyson, the the power's going to be the last thing to go. We all, I mean, look. Tyson's a, a, the bigger natural guy. He's a heavyweight. Roy was a super middleweight, light heavyweight, who happened to move up one time to heavyweight. So yes, Tyson's power, the 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 you know the more likely scenario. But Roy is much more fresher. I mean, look, he's actually twelve and one in his last thirteen fights over the last decade. Now, granted. That was Roy fighting bums, straight up. No disrespect. Yeah, disrespect. Bums. Okay. Before that, Roy was ill-advisedly fighting like actual contending light heavyweights and cruiserweights and getting knocked out. He closed his career fighting bums, but he's closer to having done this. F- uh, Stamina wise, taking a punch wise, he's a quicker guy naturally. He's a you know better boxer naturally as a smaller man. Luke, I really believe that, that, you know, for all the things that we don't know about Tyson being 15 years removed from a real fight, uh, you know, including, like I mentioned, stamina and willingness to take a punch, I think you have to believe that if head to head they're allowed to fight, I like Roy. I like Roy's chances, even by stoppage at this point. Look, who knows what Mike can take at that? You have to realize, like, this is such a, what makes this fight so weird, despite their age and the fact that 2020 is already bat shit crazy anyway. So who, you know, this fight feels normal. Suddenly is the fact that Mike was so against even glorifying what he accomplished and who he was as a fighter the past ten, twelve years that he's done interviews, right? He's battled drug and alcohol addictions, then cleaned himself up. But even after cleaning himself up, he didn't want to talk about the monster he used to be. He was embarrassed. To something happened, Luke. Um, I think it was the the connection that him and both Rashad have through you know ayahuasca and the healing of of uh, the toad and all the psychedelic stuff. He's found peace in that. He got back into great shape. Getting into great shape when his wife told him he was fat last year made him competitive again. I I love this part of the story that Tyson is like, you know what, I want to kind of end things on my own terms. I want to find maybe a portion of redemption in whatever this fight can give him because let's be honest the end of Tyson Square was a crap show the last nine ten fights it was like you tuned in to see if he's gonna snap a guy's arm or bite somebody's balls you really had no idea luke he quit on his stool a couple times right this could give him a chance to kind of find some peace and redemption and you know for his goals it could lead to like other fun fights like against the holy field or whatever but just in this fight luke those intentions are great I don't know if that means he can take a punch anymore, Roy's actually been in there, like I don't know you know, like, and I think some of that yeah, but Roy can't
1: take a punch either well take a punch not from a, not guy. from a not from a boxer who is actively competing anyway,
0: right, right, you not from an elite, but you know. It's, it's very interesting um you know one punch power Tyson yeah you can end it at any time if they're allowed to fight but I I would think from a betting standpoint if, if you can even find a line on this crab or from just a the standpoint we, there of, is know, can,
1: we actually have some so actually from cbsports.com Mike Tyson is about a you know give or take depending on where you go about a minus 220 favorite to Roy Jones being plus 170 now again BC the commission will not declare a winner I'm guessing that that odd the odds that you can even have a winner and a loser is based on what the WBC will ceremonially decide at the end. I'm not sure how they would adjudicate the betting, but such as it is, Sportsline is the odds maker if you want to check it out.
0: Well, look, um, not only is Tyson a small heavyweight normally, he said he's at 215 pounds for the first time since he was like a late teenager, Luke. Roy has been fighting at cruiserweight most of the last decade, and has fought at heavyweight before, so he's not dramatically smaller. I don't know how you couldn't like Roy's chances. Like, you do you, do you have any confidence that Mike, with no build up fights, is going to be able to fight past like two or three rounds, Luke? If this I gets mean, into he, the sixth, seventh, he, eighth round, it's going to be gross. This is going to be all Roy. But I mean, let's see. He's here, Jose, get here, there. Here's
1: the. This is the thing. Is it's the lesson I learned from watching Bellator old men fights? Because what well, what happened was you would watch like you know Kimbo fight Ken, or even like Tito and Chael. And you saw all the accusations come that the fights were thrown. And to be sure, if you've watched enough MMA, there's no doubt you've seen a thrown fight. But it's almost certain you've not seen it in UFC, or at least, you almost certainly you've never seen like a major promotion know about it or have a hand in it, because the consequences would be absolutely dire. They would lose the promoter's license, and they would essentially go out of business. Right? That'd be the first problem. And then the other problem is you've certainly seen a thrown fight, but it's probably because the two fighters, or at least one of the fighters, sort of coordinated independently. But here's what I mean. When you forget about the throwing the thing, why does it look that way? Why do folks say that these old guys are throwing fights? Because it looks that way, but it's not. And what I mean to say is Kimbo had a little bit of punching power at the end there. Certainly Tito has shown a little bit of ability for you know a 40-something-year-old guy. And Chael, to an extent, had a okay, if not a good run over there in Bellator. But with these old dudes... You just never know when the bottom is going to drop out. You could be going there, like, to your point, BC, Roy is going in there and just boxing him up, jabbing him, and cutting angles, and it's not the fastest or the prettiest it's ever been, not by a long shot, but he's doing all the things, that, to your point, that he can and we probably should be able to do. And then he takes one body shot that doesn't look all that bad, and he folds like a lawn chair. That's totally possible when you got two dudes, as bad as they were in their primes, and we all agree they were bad, are in their 50s bro, with totally you know in the case of Tyson 15 years out in the case of Roy, you know at least what five or six something like that you know or at least four, I think you think 2016 was about the end of his, his last run. certainly a long ass time. So it's like I don't know what to expect, dude. I think your general tenor and what you're picking up on, it's probably right. You're probably right that Roy will have he'll look like the fresher, readier of the two for the experience. But how it all goes by the time the shit's over, yeah, I mean, I really would saying, be very hesitant to guess.
0: There's a big difference between get in shape and and drop weight and being able to actually go rounds. And now look, Roy's been off for two years, so who knows? But while he was active, fighting relatively once a year for the past few years when he was active, he was going 10 rounds. So, you know, I have no confidence that Mike can go rounds, but can you be careful, Luke, referencing Shamrock Kimbo and trying to, trying to make a case that there's no fixing when... RIP Kimbo, much of his career had the cloud of fixing over it, Luke. Much of it.
1: Yeah, I just mean, I just mean here's the thing. If you want to suspect that or any fight or any organization, you're allowed to. But at some point, if you're going to make the accusation that that fight or any fight is fixed, you need to have evidence. And just watching two old dudes slip and slide on a mat when they're you know so far past their expiration date, I understand that it looks off-putting. But that's not actually evidence. Evidence would well, be something like a paper trail or emails yeah. that show coordination or you know odd betting or something. And there's really none of that.
0: I don't want to get sued, but and I'm not here to say that Shamrock uh, and Kimbo was fixed. But Ken Shamrock knows how to choke someone, and it looked like he took his arm off and didn't know what to do. And I'm just saying, when there's smoke, sometimes there's fire. Um, can we just go down yeah, but the?
1: But that's hip just. Room? But that. Okay, but again, BC, I'm not. I'm not saying that's altogether wrong. But that's a different claim than saying they threw a fight. That, that you have to have no, no, evidence I, for that claim.
0: I just wanted to remind. Um, do you remember the way Bo Cantrell fell against Kimbo? That was a little sketchy, off of one half punch. Dude, do that was them?
1: super. That was uh, listen. That okay, was no, no. I'm not done. Sketchy. Luke.
0: I'm actually not done here. Um, Seth Petrozelli admitted afterwards that the promoters paid him not to take, the offered money to him to not take the fight to the ground. Yeah, for that but that's not fight. that.
1: But that's not be- that's not a fight being thrown. That's different. Okay,
0: I'll go to my grave believing Houston Alexander doing circles backwards the whole time against Kimbo was a little bit off. Okay.
1: No, no. Now you're going too far. You're, I'm with you on the Bokan Trail and the Shamrock fight. Just being hard to understand, even when you grant that old dude's fighting just looks like shit. I, I grant you that. But at some point, I say this to everybody, it's like at some point, if you're going to make an accusation about it, you really should have evidence because it's that serious. And the one time that we did have at least alleged fixed fighting in the UFC, UFC didn't know about it. Commission didn't know about it. It was a South Korean guy who uh, was, yeah, I think, making some, uh, I think, owed people money and was trying to do it, and he got eventually found out about it. There was actually real evidence that was produced, and you couldn't tell watching it at the time. That is a much... that To me, that's how you should make a case for something and, right. and understand well, it when you look you at it. You know
0: wasn't fake? That heart attack Dada suffered during the fight with Kimbo. Not
1: fake, Luke. Okay? Yes, Not that was in fact quite... I was there that night. That was quite real, good sir. Was that, that Houston? Was you went to I, Houston
0: for that, Luke? Good God. Dude,
1: you know what? I got to tell you, that was one of my funner times. It was me and Sean Elshadi for MMA fighting, and then Esther and Casey on the, uh, you know, they went for photos and videos, and um, dude, Kimbo was, you know, he had a weird career, but dude, like, at the end of his life there, he was a really sweet person, and he was yeah, easy no. to talk to, Everybody and um, yeah. um it was, I, I'm glad I got the opportunity to, because I was like you, Erwin, in the Seth Petrozelli years, I was like, what are we fucking doing here? But then, you know, he went through Ultimate Fighter, and he tried to, like, earn his way, and I think the community came around to him, and then that was my last interaction with him before he died, so I'm actually quite grateful I got the opportunity to go. And the fight was a motherfucking shit show. I mean, what do you, and by the way, dude, to this day, to this day, Kimbo Slice is the most popular fighter in Bellator history. I mean, think by about far. that for a second. Yeah. That yeah. dude's I popularity.
0: Mean, dude, I don't care what you think of Gary Shaw and Elite XC. Kimbo went on CBS and was doing like 6 million peak viewers. I mean, that's just like absurd, Luke.
1: Yeah, the guy captured people's attention. I don't know exactly what Tyson versus Jones is going to do, but BC, see any sense of pay-per-views? It's 50 bucks. It's a little bit less than normal. You think it'll sell right. well?
0: I've been saying this answer, which sounds like I'm um, sitting on the fence. I think it's going to do better than you think, but not great. And what I what I mean by that is, look, yes, there are a lot of people that care about Tyson coming back that don't watch combat sports at all but you're just saying Tyson's going to fight again in a real fight. Oh, Roy Jones? Oh, really? Like, it's not Tyson against, you know, Peter McNeely. I mean, it's like, oh, my God. So I think you're going to get a certain amount. Here's a couple problems. Uh, Kevin Ioli put out a tweet yesterday that nailed it. He says, you know, I've been covering fights since 1981. This is the worst promoted fight in the history of combat. <laughs> Look, this is a horrifically promoted fight. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's not wrong to say that. Okay. So that has to have sacrifice. I know they got Tyson on good morning America. I know they've done a couple things. I know they had, you know, Ariel hosted that, that sort of uh remote presser they did, but you know, there just hasn't been media opportunities. There just hasn't been like anything. This has been bad. But now that they have it on the ability to mainstream pay-per-view it, you don't have to find the fight app or figure out what Triller is or Thriller, good God, I, you know, whatever. Um, it's got a chance. Now, the pay-per-view market is dead, as we know, for the most part. And dead meaning, you know, during the prime of Manny and Floyd, you roll out a really good fight in boxing or, or even UFC at that point, you can get a million buys. You know, that wasn't ridiculous. Now it's super hard unless you've got Floyd or, or some kind of Conor crossover. Um, could it do, Luke? Seven, eight hundred thousand, and 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 push close to a million. It's certainly possible, that seems, but I do that not be- I do not believe that it reaches a million, and I do not believe, even given the celebrity names, that it does any sort of you know May or anything. You know, I mean, no, no. it's been it's a sh- Honestly, it's been shitty promoted. No,
1: let me just say, I think it it's it's possible it could do five hundred thousand, and if it does, and it could go higher certainly, but I would say you know I'm sort of eyeballing that number that ballpark, and I think if it does, that's an unmitigated success. You mean to tell me you could sell? Uh, the, uh, there's only been two MMA promotions in history to sell 100,000 buys for a pay-per-view event. Bellator did it one time, I think, and then, or maybe twice at most. And then you have uh, UFC, which has done it routinely. No one else has even come close. That's how hard it is to do. It's extremely difficult. Fans have a warped sense when they see like, oh, 200,000 buys. That's not that much. Well, for people who can really pull on pay-per-view, that's not that much. But the overwhelming majority of entities who even have good rosters, who have, you know, in this case it's bad promotion, but they have good promotion, they just can't seem to get over that hump. So... If you're to sell 500000 for two guys that are washed beyond washed, granted, legends, but, you know, in terms of their competitive abilities, so far past it, not even in a real fight, and your co-main event is a YouTuber, which we'll talk about in just a second, dude, I don't know how you call that anything but a success. For 50 bucks. Like, I don't know how you call that anything but a success. If it goes even higher than that, it's an absolute grand slam. I don't think it'll hit a million. I don't think it'll get close. But, you know, seven maybe at the high, 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 high end. 800,000 I don't think it'll do that but that would be that would be ridiculously successful
0: this is where I think CSAC California State Athletic Commission has kicked this this fight in the bag and its potential if they didn't have any of this bs if there wasn't this narrative of oh they're not going to be allowed to fight I think you would have done even more obviously along with a, a viable promotion which this didn't really have leading up to it um what's interesting though is uh uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going there. Look, I just died in my head. All right, my brain well, let's talk died. about
1: the co event because we I'm just brought inside. it up here. Jake Paul dead. taking on Nate Robinson, cruiserweight. It's six rounds. I watched the Jake Paul fight against the other dude who's sort of a rapper but only on YouTube. What's his name? It wasn't Exhibit. It was,
0: uh, it was, I don't know. some fucking. Uh, uh, yeah, the guy, the guy, the, the, the fella, uh, the British guy. Uh, what the hell was his name? Uh I don't know. I mean, you know, they're YouTubers, know. Ding right?
1: Dong cool. Sing Along Applesauce McGee. I, I don't know his name. Shout out to but here's the point for
0: bringing that into our life. Yeah.
1: yeah. Jake Paul fought like shit. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot in the No, lost. Luke,
0: let's stop that right here. I'm not here to, like, defend the Paul brothers at all. But... That's exactly what you're about to do. <laughs> the, no, who, can, can one of our trusty producers look up the name of the guy that the Paul brother just fought? Please, so we can get this right. Um, look, they actually, I said this, then I'll say it now. For two clowns. They actually respected boxing. They got real trainers. They had real training camps. They took it seriously. Luke, it was not a Barstool's, you know, Appalachia Challenge. They came out there and actually tried to jab and do things, Luke. I'm not saying it was technically brilliant. I was just saying it wasn't the embarrassment to the sport that it had all the potential to be. We got the wrong pictures playing here. What's that fight? Who the hell did he fight, Luke? KSI. 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 Yeah, and, yes, and Ethan Gibbs was the guy that, that, that
1: Jake Paul fought. Yeah. All right, people, uh, wow, anyway, wow, yes, for two guys tech- who had basically no boxing experience uh, and can marginally be called athletes. Yes, I suppose if you would like to grade on the on, I mean, you know, the biggest of curves. Sure, fine. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I could do better. I certainly could not. I'd probably do significantly worse. But I'm also not stupid enough to uh, you know subject myself to these kinds of uh, forms of scrutiny given my relative ability. Uh, What do we expect this time out? Nate Robinson is a real athlete, uh, competed in the NBA, looks to be in phenomenal shape. Don't know if he can fight for shit, BC, but I'm actually much more interested in that one than I am the main event.
0: Uh, Well, uh, that's a stretch, but I get the spirit of what you're saying. (laughs) I actually kind of care about this Nate Robinson fight. He's fighting the younger Paul brother who has had one of these fights before he fought, and Easton Gibb, I think on the undercard of his brother's first card or I don't know who cares about this point, whatever. But yeah, I actually kind of care about, look, the Paul brothers are easy to hate, right? They do crappy stuff on YouTube. You kind of want to see him get KO'd. I got no beef with right Nate Robinson. Now he didn't deserve the, the third slam dunk championship that he got. I actually don't even think he deserved the second one when he went head to head with Iguodala. Cause he got like 48 chances to pull off that dunk, but that's another topic for another story. I like him. I kind of like this fight. It's a weird undercard. It's like Badu Jack against some guy you never heard of. And it's like Rashad Coulter from the damn UFC against um yeah. against uh some other guy some other uh YouTuber, Luke. Uh, Vidal Riley. Uh, his name
1: YouTuber? is uh Vidal Riley. Sounds like a porn star. Nacho Vidal Riley.
0: Uh it's a it's <laughs> weird. It's a weird undercard. Um, this is a weird card in general. But like Luke, you can't get past this point. Tyson, for whatever he's done, he's done a lot of things outside the ring. He never except for that crappy two thousand six exhibition pay-per-view that was rightfully a uh, bossed against uh, Corey Sanders. He he hasn't come back. So just that nostalgic factor alone, even with C-SAC kind of ruin it by what they're doing. Here's what CSAC should be doing, Luke. Okay. If you're going to do it, do it. Both guys have passed their tests in physicals. Both have undergone VADA. VADA has a reputation. This ain't WADA or USADA or your mama. This is like, you know, VADA, we haven't seen them really, you know screw the pooch yet so there's some safety fit figures factors put in just let them friggin fight what are you doing andy foster we don't you know like just just, come on bro uh
1: yeah well i mean you know the fact that they even want to do this fight drug free just is the dumbest shit ever to me but you know i i live here in the real world so what are you gonna do uh okay and then on the yeah there's nothing else on the prelim card that anyone gives a shit about so at um, this age this guy, Luke, you're the, saying the whole, B- I don't BC, want you to BC. go down a
0: rabbit hole of drugs. But hold on, hold on. at this age you. you're saying it's safer for them to actually be on PEDs in terms of how they could absorb the blows and recover.
1: What would PEDs have to do with how well they could absorb blows? And which PEDs are we referring to here? Because there's a whole shitload of them.
0: So you're saying false. You're saying my narrative's false.
1: I'm saying the idea that um, there would be no call in any capacity whatsoever for them to have any kind of pharmacological help um, to train, uh, to stay healthy in terms of uh, fight readiness is fucking ridiculous to me, but okay, you know, what are you going
0: Well, gonna look, do? Rashad Evans, who we both love, has told me in the past on the now-defunct CBS Sports State of Combat podcast, he's in Mike's camp sometimes, they're friendly, that Mike hooks up to this machine, Luke, that like does the workouts form. It like zaps his muscles and like totally gets them going crazy and like whips him into shape. That's kind of a PED itself, right?
1: Does it? Is that what it, well, there is something called mechanical doping, right? Where these guys, for example, they'll turn a bike into an e-bike, but you can't really tell because they'll engineer it in a way. So they call that mechanical doping. So there is a way to do that. I'm very skeptical of this claim that it actually does what it says it does. But to the extent that he's right, yeah, that'd be essentially a form of it, uh, more or less. Um, by the way, Badu Jack is fighting a dude named Blake McKernan. Do we know anything about this fucking guy? Eight He's round him.
0: He's unbeaten from uh, Britain in some form, uh, but I know nothing about him. He, he, I mean, come on, he could he could be driving the Uber on the way there. I don't. I mean, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> dude, I that mean, is your favorite. To- that is your favorite joke. Is are they driving the Uber? <laughs> On the way. Think about it. To the fire.
0: You you'll save an expense. They gotta leave anyway. You might, you know, they're gonna fight. You might as well let them drive you home too. That's how you know you'd be smart if you're a promoter.
1: Bro, you ain't lying. All right. Well, we'll um we'll see how things go on Saturday for that. 9 p.m. in the East is when it starts. Uh, BC. Topic number two: Bob Aaron versus Terrence Crawford. I mean, you knew it was in bad shape kind of early on. It's in real bad shape now. Bob Aaron doing an interview with Boxing Scene, and Terrence Crawford talking to my guys, Akin Barack over at XM. Terrence Crawford saying, if you don't want me here, release me, which is okay, understandable. But then Bob Aaron basically saying, BC, this is what he told the audience. I'm not dealing with this fucking guy anymore. I'm gonna wash my hands of it. My son, I think he's a son-in-law, Todd DeBuff, yeah. he's gonna handle all the affairs with him. Almost like, you know, Dana being like, I'm not touching it. Lorenzo will handle it. And uh, I don't even know if we're gonna do another fight. I guess we'll do one more with him or some 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 kind of veiled threat about how little he isn't interested in doing anything with them, not only personally, but as a company, because they do nothing but lose money. BC, there's no way at this point on, I don't know when, but there's no way Bud Crawford doesn't sign with Al Heyman, right? No, there's no way.
0: There's no freaking way. I mean, it's not like, oh, there's a couple promoters that have split up the pool at Welterweight. No, Welterweight is the money division in boxing when the heavyweight division is not active. And sometimes even when the heavyweight division has a few names, welterweight is the the money. They're all in the PBC. Every single one except for Wash Damir Khan and Wash Kel Brook, who Crawford's already fought. Uh, Porter, Spence, Thurman, Pacquiao was until recently. So really the only, you know, and that's just, that's just a few of them, right? They're all with the PBC. The only guy they could make a fight with anymore is Pacquiao, who is a free agent, but... I don't know what the heck next year is going to look like for Crawford. Uh, so Aram is really extra mad, Luke, because he feels like wh- when Crawford went on the Ockenbrock show mixed with some other interviews that Crawford's trainer and co-manager Brian Bomac McIntyre did, he felt that the Crawford team um, did a dirty move. They brought the contract details to the surface to try to sort of like double-cross t- top rank and like put him in a bad spot where they would – where they could get leverage from it and this is bob just blowing up the bridge and being like you know what mfer i've lost money on all your big fights and i'm done doing it so it's a certain um rough ending to this marriage in which they've paid bud handsomely to keep him loyal even though they could not come through what they promised the real thing is that apparently look in the contract uh bob was supposed to pay crawford one million dollars If he could not come up with an offer for the Spence fight for this year, they didn't want that to go public and it did. So Bob's pissed next year. If he has one fight left on his deal, as they claim with the deal running through October of next year, do you think Luke based on these comments from Bob that they try to do the Pacquiao fight? Or that they just basically be like, we don't care. We'll put you in against anybody. Put it on ESPN. Try to you know, not lose money and just be done with you. Because this is like one of the weirdest endings of a relationship with a guy who might be your pound-for-pound pound king depending on how you vote and is one of the best fighters of this era.
1: I can't tell. Do you want to do a fight against a big name if you can make it because that's your best chance to not lose money? But that would also require you to promote it. It would require you to get out there and sell it. It would require you, even with a good opponent, you know, with big attractions come big work behind it to maximize what those attractions can offer. Does Bob really want to do that? I, I sincerely doubt it. On the other hand, would, would Crawford just take any old opponent just to get done with it, and then he's unhappy? Would he take a purse cut in order to do that? I, I don't know that I see that either. Just so they can sort of find a way to fumble through the end of this deal. We should
0: buy them out. We, but there should be a buyout. Yes, the, the buying
1: out one, we, we know that from Floyd. That's a, At least it seems like it's a real option. It seems like, I mean, this is my point, BC. To your, this, this is why the buying out is the only option. It's broken, and it's not going to be repaired. And there's no real way to go forward with, like, a workable solution. Nothing is workable at this point because the reason why it's broken is what – Crawford wants from the deal and what Bob want from the deal. Both are uniquely unable to deliver. It can't work. So why bother trying?
0: Yeah. Bob wants loyalty to be able to promote him in the future. And Crawford don't want that because of what happened. And Crawford wants big names. Bob can't get them. So here's the deal. They're not. Bob will not make the Pacquiao fight if all the Pacquiao fight will do is make Crawford a star and get him ready to fight Spence on PBC. Crawford's not going to stay loyal after this, Luke. And to be honest with you, it's run its course. Why would he when it's so difficult to make these two network fights on pay-per-view unless both guys are massive stars. And I'm sorry, Crawford's great. He's not a massive star. And, you know, really, to be honest, even though Spence next week is headlining his third consecutive pay-per-view, he's not yet a real massive crossover star. So it's going to end, Luke, and this is weird. This is weird. But, look, boxing fans in reality, Luke, and this is where MMA fans rightfully get mad going, you know, I'm trying to watch boxing, MK, because you're, cause you're making it sound good. Yet all we talk about is this guy can't fight this guy and this guy said this. Um that shouldn't be the story, but that is in boxing because of the politics and the reality. So um this really should, you know, this is if this speeds up getting butt into big fights, then that's positive for the fans. Let's get there. Let's just get there already.
1: Topic number three, BC. It's actually a pretty busy week, all things considered. So there is the Jones and uh, Tyson sort of exhibition bout on Saturday. UFC keeps the train on the tracks, my friend. You've got Curtis Blades and uh, Derek Lewis in a main event at UFC Vegas 15 at the Apex facility. Blades, your prohibitive favorite at this point, uh, BC, coming in off that sort of semi lackluster but really important win over Volkov. But he's won four straight, so the Volkov Santos Shamil Abdurakhimov and then Justin Willis fight. The last one he lost was the rematch. To Francis and Ganu, so he's only got those two. Lo- his only losses are to Francis twice. That's it. If he beats Derek Lewis, that'll be five in a row. But I don't really know what you do with it, BC, because Francis still hasn't even got a title shot. You spoke to Francis this week. That guy is frustrated that he can't move the chains in his career because he's waiting on everybody else. If that guy is that frustrated, and granted, he's frustrated not just because he's waiting, but because he's also at this really important, um, you know potential pinnacle moment in his career i mean blade i I don't know where blades is exactly sitting this division bc how do you size up not so much the fight we'll get to in a second but let's say blades wins five wins in a row that's about i mean that's all you need for a title shot and i don't know it gets him all that close
0: Right, especially because if John Jones moves up, which he gave up his title to move up, it's a crowded picture at the moment. It's it, it's a, it's an S show. So regardless of, you know, if, if you watch that interview I did with Nganu, and some people, you know, response was uh, negative and, and talking about different things, but he's right. A title and a division shouldn't be defended once per year. That's what what, what we've been under, under Stipe's reign most recently. Um, this is interesting because, Luke, uh, UFC doesn't seem to like Blades right now. Specifically, Dana White. Do you remember before his last fight when he uh came on the now defunct CBS State of Combat podcast with me and was like uh ripping the UFC and their lack of pay and all that stuff? It was during the height of the every every famous fighter is gonna retire and talk about pay cuts. And Dana ripped him. Then he went out and had that somewhat lackluster but thorough win against um uh who do you, the 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 white guy, the damn Russian, right, Volkov, right. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Yes, right. Oh, uh, we have yeah, breaking okay. news too. But go ahead. Thank you, thank you.
0: Uh, so Luke, you know, he was kind of ready for a title shot, but not only is the the division not allowing it, I don't think UFC wants to reward him for his actions. So now he's got to face Derek Lewis. You kind of is it wrong to think UFC wants Derek Lewis to win here? Because you know, Blades gets a win, he's still probably third in line for the title shot, Luke.
1: Yes, because then it clears up – it doesn't clear up the log jam. You still have a log jam at the top, but you don't meaningfully exacerbate it, right? You don't add yet another piece to the back of that pile. It just sort of stays what it is. You don't, you don't get any worse there. Plus, people love Derek Lewis. Honestly, if Derek Lewis wins that – you might be able to say that's Derek Lewis's best win. Now that's a little bit debatable, but I you know, I take Blades very seriously. He not turned himself into a commodity of a of a box office attraction. But you look at who he's beat, you look at his skill set and what he offers, dude, he is a force to be reckoned with. So while he may have fallen short against Francis, okay, lots of guys fall short against Francis. He's beating everybody else. So if Derek Lewis could be the other guy that he couldn't get past, you know, it'd be a great win for Derek. It would clear up things for them. It would add not to really Derek's resume, but I think his legend a little bit. Because you know, Derek's not going to win this out wrestling him, right? I think we know that. If he wins, he's going to win one way and it's going to be one of these, you know. So But it is hard uh, to I keep absolutely the black think they're down. Wanting to win.
0: It's hard to keep the Black Beast down, right? I mean, Cormier was able to do it, in, but uh, this could be an interesting fight. I want to ask you one specific thing that's related to this about the Engano interview and get your thoughts. Luke, he I don't know if he revealed this for the first time or if no one just talked about it. He said before the Rosenstruck fight, which was UFC 249 in May, the first fight after the start of the pandemic, that he came to UFC and said, you know, I'm only taking this fight because you won't give me a title shot. Will you put the interim title at stake because you're telling me I have to wait through the trilogy of Stipe and D-Say. They said no to him, Luke. And then later in the build to that fight, they brought in Justin Gaethje last minute and dropped an interim title on top of that fight. What Francis is saying is lightweight was no different than heavyweight. They screwed me and now they're telling me I have to wait till March for Stipe. Does he have a point here?
1: Yes, I actually had Francis on my radio show right after that, and he was very clear. He goes, I'm not mad at Justin Gaethje for getting an interim title shot. In no way am I upset. He did everything he needed to do, and the division was in whatever state it was in where that made sense. He won that fight against Tony Ferguson fair and square. God bless him. What he said was, if he's going to get these kinds of opportunities at a time when the division is like this, why can't I? And I frankly think that that is totally on... On, on point A, Francis would have gotten more money for that win, uh, uh, I think. I think that's where I would have gotten more money. But certainly it means he would, have, he would get more money for his next bout, which would have been a title unification or at least some defense well, of no. the interim belt. So you're just talking well, – here, here's the way it works. If you're going in there without a title and you're fighting for the title, I think you go in there with a flat fee, although your money would go up by virtue of the placement and then the stakes. But if you won it, you would take that interim belt into your next contest and then you would be eligible for pay per view points, which is really where the big, okay. the big money can be made, such as it exists for UFC fighters. So we cheated him out of extra money. Let's just be clear about that. He, he lost. And that that's opportunity. That's not incorrect.
0: You're right, but the maybe a, an even bigger point is what he's saying is you know because your response could be well, who cares? You're, you you got to fight Stipe next anyway. He says he would have stayed active if he had the interim title. He would have fought one or two more times more right. while waiting out Stipe, which is very interesting. And to your point, he would have made more money and would have been a you know a featured player. So.
1: Right, which and I, and I know everyone like doesn't want the extra titles. I don't either. But you know, if we don't have a better way to pay these guys, if they're going to be on ice for long periods of time, you know, you kind of got to roll the dice on this one a little bit. I understand UFC only wants to give an interim title if it's going to live for a very short amount of time, right? you know, up until the next bout, basically you get, you get, you get one bout between, or you get the space between one bout and another to live through it. Unless you're TJ Dillashaw and the promote and the, the guy who was the longstanding champion is out. And then we all know the story there with Henan Barrow and Dominic Cruz. But, um, I, I, so I get that. I get that reservedness. I just felt like we could have done the guy a solid there, and it, the world wouldn't have ended. But that's just my personal opinion, BC. So, hey, Luke, this
0: card on Saturday blows chunks after this main uh, event. Okay,
1: well, let's talk about the main event very quickly because I actually have a lot of interest in it. I have a high opinion of Anthony Smith, you know, and I know he sometimes um, people don't want to acknowledge that the guy is very good. Here's his resume since going to 205 pounds. He beat Rashad. He beat Shogun. He beat, by the way, that, that Shogun win has aged kind of nicely, all things considered. Um, he beat Vulcan. He submitted him. By the way, all three of those wins were by, by finish. He lost to John Jones in a pretty one sided bout. Okay. Comes back and he beats Gustafson. He finishes him as well. But since then, he's lost two in a row. He had that terrible fight against Glover where he looked good early, but it went on way too long. This corner came under a lot of scrutiny for how long it went. And then you have the Alexander Rakic fight where he just didn't seem to be in it from the word go. Now, Rakic might end up being your next champion. He's an extraordinarily good prospect. But here he is taking on Devin Clark, which BC, to me, is a step backwards, which means that's what somebody who has lost three of his last four or two of his last three, whatever it is, should be doing. However, Devin Clark can wrestle his ass off. He got lit on fire by Alonzo Menafield and managed to find a way to see the fight to the end. In fact, got his hand raised in the end. This is a risky fight for Anthony Smith, who has a lot of skills. Defensive wrestling, probably not his strongest skill.
0: Right, and he needs to win very badly. He's talking about Anthony Smith, Luke. Um, interesting that you would play up this matchup. It doesn't move me a ton, but look, the heart woneth. What the heart want, Luke. We all have blinders and or favorites, right? I'm a Kevin Lee guy. I'm a Yoana guy. I'm a Rose and Valentina guy. We know this. You love the Bearman boys and you love yourself some Anthony Lionheart Smith. And Luke, I'm not here to tell you the, the man ain't good, but I just think he here made a an admirable and fun transition. From journeyman guy to a with a lot of losses to pretty damn good fighter. But the division was a little shallow at that time. There was a little bit of fool's gold in some of those wins. And then we started to think of him as like super elite title challenger. And I think since then he showed you that he's not. And that's fine, Luke. And he can answer some questions in this <clears throat> fight. And he can tell me to F off with a big win. But um Here's, you say some I, don't, are... I don't
1: really agree with that characterization, but I'll maybe meet you halfway, which is I am open to the idea that in some of those wins, the Gustafson win, um, the uh, Uzdemir win, again, he won all of those by stoppage. To be clear, he didn't get some like lucky decision. Maybe you could argue he overperformed, but if you wanted to argue that, I would also argue that he kind of underperformed in some of these losses. He should beat Devin Clark. This is what makes. This is why the fight is more interesting to me. If this was Anthony Smith at his best and Devin Clark at his best, I'd probably still favor Anthony Smith by a fairly strong degree. But I thought he came back way too quickly in the loss to Alexander Rakic after that terrible beating he took to Glover Teixeira. It was a you'll you recall that was like a super quick turnaround, and this is also a fairly quick turnaround as well. To me, he should have taken some time off and worked on some things um, to really solidify uh, the next campaign, taking those, you know, those uh, three losses, in the, oh, not in a row, but three of uh, the four there with the Jones and then two losses I just mentioned. But he's coming right back against the Devin Clark, who, again, I, th- I don't think has done what he has done in that division, but has just the right skill set to give a guy who might be rushing things all kinds of problems. And so for that reason, this fight to me is highly intriguing.
0: All right, I, I can accept that. I'll take that. Is that the uh, right? Well, wow, did you see that picture? It looked like the guy's face didn't match the body. Maybe that's because he had a weird orange beard right there, Luke. You got some weird orange bit. coming out of your beard. I don't know. Where's that from, Luke? Did you I don't you know. put I a don't cigarette know, on I, it or something?
1: I wish. I wish I had a good answer for you, but I don't. By the way, oddsmakers sort of agree with me. Um, they've got Smith at a minus one forty, Clark at a plus one twenty. That's pretty close. It's a tight contest. By the way, couple of the fights of note on this card. One, uh, Miguel Baeza is back. He's undefeated out of uh, MMA Masters in Miami. I think they call him Chocolate Thunder. That dude is a beast. So he is back against Takashi Sato. The uh, king of the the conspiracy theories, Spike Carlisle, the ginger ninja. What's his name? That dude?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that guy's fun. He's fun, Luke.
1: He is. Dude, he is. I mean, have you ever seen, they use this word in boxing. We don't use it so much in MMA. But you know the term, BC. Is there a better TV fighter in your life? No. Than Spike Carlisle, who's got the this guy look, goes for he's the f- super athletic, and it's just shot out of a cannon.
0: He goes for the fi- like. So the difference between him and a in a previous Michelle Padeda, I know Padeda's kind of put things together now, but the difference is Carlisle goes for the finish in every single situation. He's looking to win and end the fight. He'll take chances. He'll gas himself out, but still keep coming. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Outside of that, though, Luke, outside of Spike in the main event, this card is uh, is the. Uh, you know that you know the stain at the bottom of the toilet that even you can flush it 2 3 times Luke and it it's still there bro still there
1: you know How many times you take a dump and then what you leave there breaches the water that happens to me fairly frequently uh, by the way on this card I mean when I said was gross Oste-
0: enough you're like next yeah, level Rachel, here, he yeah you, raised-
1: you you want to be gross I'll play the game Rachel Osovich is back on this card I think she had a brief suspension from a, some sort of USADA fuckery she is 4-5 and five BC. It is not often you see a fighter who is less than 500 on a UFC card. And what makes matters worse for her is she's taking on Gina Mazzani at 125. Gina Mazzani has her own ups and downs, but is a pretty decent grappler. And um, that might be trouble for old Rachel. We're going to see what happens there. Well, Rachel has, does have guts.
0: Remember, she was willing to jump off of that cliff into the water on Dana White looking for a fight when the boss was not, Luke.
1: Yeah, well, as interesting as that is. Uh, All right, topic number four, very quickly, BC, because we're running out of time here. Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira set for UFC 256. Buddy, I got to tell you, I would have preferred to have seen Tony Ferguson versus um, Michael Chandler. Chandler. But if this is the consolation prize, I'll take it. Charles, Charles Oliveira has slowly gotten better and better, and he's had some terrible setbacks but he didn't let it really derail him. Folks forgot how good that win over Kevin Lee was at UFC Sao Paulo. This is his next fight, and this is such a crossroads fight. Because BC, correct me if I'm wrong, you can look at this and say, is Tony still elite, but at age 30, or is he still elite? Or at age 37, after that horrific beating he took against Justin Gaethje, is he still the same guy? Or is Charles Oliveira the guy who we've kind of always thought him to be? Or is he finally going to turn that corner against a Tony Ferguson and show us that he deserves to now be in that top five space? Love this fight. And by the way, all action everywhere in this contest.
0: Yeah, you you laid out the narratives very well in terms of what to, what's at stake and what's important. And let's not forget, though, when talking about Tony Ferguson... It was pretty extreme when he came back from that, like, serious like, career-threatening knee injury and, like, came back, like, three weeks later and fought, uh, was it Pettis or Cowboy? Remember that? I mean, the guy just, just has this ability, Luke, to do uh, the impossible, you know, like the, the, and, and also bring weird things to public workouts and then walk off stage and hand them to Luke Thomas. I still don't understand the connection there. I think you're even a little bewildered that time, Luke. Remember that weird time? That Remember that time? It
1: wasn't that weird. He and I, for a long time, exchanged text messages just sort of talking back and forth. And I think he was just sort of acknowledging uh, some kind of bond we had built at the time.
0: All right. Well, then let me not let me celebrate that because that's the opposite of the John Jones press conference moment. So I would rather celebrate <laughs> this moment, Luke, okay, as something good. Great. But to your greater point, this fight bangs. It is a a strong – is this the co-main event now, now that Peter Jan yes. and, uh, mm-hmm. and the other guy's off? I don't think we're Correct. lamenting enough, Luke. How 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 rough that is that 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 Aljo Yan fight not happening right now. That was going to be like the the sort of sleeper to end the year. But look, this Tony Dobron's fight is, is that. And you know we said it uh, in the past. I'll say it again. There, depending on what happens with Habib and all that, this could be a, an almost number one contender fight. If Habib doesn't fight again, and Poirier and Connor is for some kind of interim, this might produce your next title challenger after that, Luke. So. A lot at stake, a lot of storylines, lot of violence. That's how I get down, Luke. Okay? Yes.
1: Wow. Uh all, all right. right. By the way what, do we have- do we have odds for that? Let me see what the odds are here from UFC 256. Um I don't think they're I don't think they're up yet. That's a shame. Oh yes, they are. Excuse me. What am I saying? So here we have it. Let's see here. Uh Somehow they don't have that listed? Seriously? How's that possible? Luke, is that All the right, only well, gift
0: annoying. you ever received from a fighter?
1: Oh, yes, they have it. Sorry. Charles Oliveira, plus 135, Tony, minus 155. It's the only gift I've ever received. No, the Hawaiians always bring me um, candy whenever I interview them. Like uh, Max Holloway brings cupcakes to the studio. Um, really? Yancey Medeiros brings like Hawaiian chocolates every time.
0: Shout out to those guys. Wow. All right. Yeah.
1: Isn't that great? Aren't those dudes awesome? They're great.
0: BJ Penn always knocks out a guy in the parking lot. Yeah, it's great. Those lines are the best. Luke. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Poor BJ. What are you gonna do? All right. Do we want to do topic five or do we give a shit? We can do it, I guess, right?
0: Well, also, uh, we don't have room for it and it's not a big deal. But Danny Jacobs is also back on Friday on Dizone Luke against Gabe Rosado. Gabe has manufactured this beef that may or not be may or may not be real. I love Gabe. Tough fighter but uh, you feel like Danny Jacobs is going to win it. The only interesting footnote here at Luke is that triple G's coming back December 18th against that Polish guy. And the next night Canelo is fighting also on the against Calum Smith. Now we don't know if Canelo will, will keep loyalty and come back on the And it seems like Canelo wants nothing to do with triple G. If Danny Jacobs wins this week, not out of the question, Luke, that he gets a, a Triple G rematch. And if you remember their first fight, which was a, a pay-per-view in 2017, it was a good-ass fight. Danny Jacobs got off the canvas and rallied late and switched stances and really gave Triple G a handful. I would not be against that if we cannot get the Canelo Trilogy.
1: Sure. Yeah, especially with the, you know, we're not going to say Triple G is washed, but he has definitely declined from his peak. Um, yes. We'll see what kind of shape Danny Jacobs is in. He's usually pretty rock solid as far as, preparatory stuff so that could be an interesting rematch depending i mean it would just be a shame though for him to no nah, you know what i'd be okay with that i'd be okay with that if, if, we, if that's the way it goes um last but not least real quickly uh, number gamadov i be number he put out like a cryptic post on instagram saying see you soon dana white and tagged dana white in it and it was a picture from the last fight island where they're on stage together for one of the pressers and you know dana white Commented like two emojis of fists in the in the comments. We make anything from this BC? Do we do we think it's bullshit, or what do you think? You know, there's something to be gleaned from that.
0: The thing about it that I can't overlook is that Habib doesn't joke around like this on social media, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. He does. He he's not the type of guy who's going to like heartfelt say I need to respect my mother and my dead father's wishes, so I retire now and have this great thing, and then fool around and sort of fake tease it on social media, right? Like, this is almost like a Yoel Romero, see you soon boy type of reference. Habib don't do that. So unless he's referencing, like, legitimately, Dana, I'm coming to your area, let's get dinner together, or... You know, is, is UFC going to do some celebration where Habib gives up the belt officially in like a press conference and then we announce that Connor's fighting for the interim? I don't know, Luke. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Yeah. I just still look, what was Habib quoted like a week ago in some interview? And he was like, no, I, I'm not coming back. That's just Dana White promoter speak. So I
1: don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, my, my attitude is uh, I probably think he's done. If he is, I get it. Um, you can just never say never. You can never say never. So we shall see. A bit of breaking news here. It has nothing to do with MMA, but it is a big enough piece of sports news that it's probably worth mentioning. In fact, I do think it is worth mentioning. Uh, legendary player for Argentina. Maybe, in fact, the greatest soccer player ever. That's debatable, but he's certainly in the top one or two. Uh, him and Pele. Diego Maradona has died. Uh, Diego Maradona, you know, is sort of famous for the hand of God. He was only uh the hand of God goal. Um he is uh he was only sixty years old and he was not in great health. He had gained a bunch of weight and I think he had been admitted to the hospital for heart problems. Uh but he has passed away. So I don't know how to put this in MMA terms, B C, but this is something like, you know, Saint Pierre dying at age sixty or something. It's 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 right up there with that. It's it's uh Terrible, It'd be terrible like news. If,
0: if Saint Pierre had Conor McGregor's personality and he died, right? You know? Yeah,
1: that's about right. Yes, correct. If yeah, if he, then... if he was a total troll and a shithead, but also yeah, you know an amazing, man, amazing player.
0: He loved the cocaine. He loved the cocaine. Yeah, mom, can you wait? Yeah, shout out to him. Six years old, eighty-six World Cup, the famous goal. He's a controversial figure. He was uh, wasn't he coach of the national team for a while, Luke?
1: Yeah, but they didn't do too well. But yeah,
0: yeah, or man He's always you he's compared
1: it. to Messi. Because he was uh, a tremendous club player, but he brought a World Cup back to Argentina, and Messi has never done that, so. He I watched the doc- Did you
0: forth. see that doc that came out in the last couple of years about when, uh, when Maradona signed with that, uh, uh, what was that, Italian club team? That whole doc about that?
1: I did not see it. Mm-mm.
0: All right. I saw it. It was good. I don't know what channel it's on. I don't know. I'm talking on my ass, but yeah.
1: I think it was I think HBO. It was- I think it was HBO.
0: Never heard of it. Okay, yeah. All
1: right, All right, BC. It's time for Social Justice Wednesday, good sir. Take us through through it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
0: All right. This is where we look at the interwebs and we bring in the honorable one, Judge Luke Gator Ginsburg, Gin- Luke Bader Ginsburg to rule on some street beefs that have been brought to the interwebs. Hey, Teofimo Lopez, you know that fella. We love him. He came out and got the game heavy on Twitter. He said, Go ahead and MV me, unboxing's MVP, and I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me. Hashtag the takeover. I love that reference, Luke, right?
1: Yep, I guess.
0: Okay, all right. Well, the rap references continued. He followed it up with a line that apparently, I don't know this stuff, Jada Kiss dropped in a job ja Rule song called new york and he said and i'm not cocky i'm confident so when you tell me i'm the best it's a compliment so this is him just flaunting peacocking i'm, I'm down with it then finally luke he showed off his knockout power with this quote tweet at ryan garcia rye guy came out and said i'm constantly in competition with myself so Teo sent him to hell by quote tweeting and said, tends to happen when you don't pull out, which Luke is a reference to the fact that Ryan Garcia, uh, a young father, has much, much baby mama drama on the interwebs. Uh, your thoughts on Teo's trolling game?
1: Well, you know, I'm not the biggest Jadakiss fan, but okay, he's feeling himself, whatever. That's fine. But, you know, when it comes to the, uh, the uh, attacking of Ryan, I- I'm always here. I actually have nothing against Ryan Garcia slander. Excuse me. I have nothing against Ryan Garcia, but I'm a big consumer of Ryan Garcia slander. <laughs> I actually feel like it's really funny, and his contemporaries are really good at it. So uh, the judge rules in favor of the plaintiff here, Teofimo Lopez, with the win.
0: All right, Judge, our next case involves the uh, retired great, or is he, Floyd Mayweather. Well, he's certainly great, but wow. Is that my voice twice? All right, a little echo there. I love
1: hearing echoes on uh, the the feed, BC. It really makes the show go smoothly.
0: Well, Luke, I don't know if you saw it, but one internet troll himself, Logan Paul posted a video on IG talking s about Floyd. Let's go to the videotape. What's going on with the Floyd Mayweather t- fight? I'll I asked him you. about it and he didn't say anything. Let me tell you, me tell you this. If I, oh, fight, what's up, what's up? Yeah. if I caught Floyd in a real fight, what's up? What's up? If I caught Floyd in a real fight, street fight, whoop his ass. All so right. No question. You gotta like MMA, ass. octagon, whoop his ass. Okay. No question. All the right. only place it. I think Floyd is safe, obviously the boxing ring, but to be honest, I don't give a fuck. Okay. I don't give a fuck. I would fight Floyd anytime Time wow. anywhere, okay. any place doesn't fucking matter to me. If I caught him, if I caught Floyd with one punch, one punch, uh-huh. I would snap this fucker in half. Oh! No! Crack, Man. my friend. Oh. Fletcher, you know me. I'm eight inches taller. Yeah. I'm 40 pounds heavier. Yeah. I'm half his age. Yep. I'm two times as hungry and ten times as smart. Wow, my there friend. You go. I'm like used that. to beating up people weaker and shorter Man, than me. I know, bro. I grew up with Jake. Dude, I grew up I know, with Jake. I know. When I, love I asked, Jake. Bro, when I, asked I didn't even get paid to beat up Jake. He he didn't say a word. Nah, he got nothing. The I nothing. I was like, bro, you gonna bro, fight bro. Logan? Bro, think about it. He got everything to lose. I got nothing to lose.
1: Well, Luke, why all why, why, take... why are we airing this? Why are we airing <laughs> apparently,
0: this? Apparently all it would take is one punch in a street from Logan Paul. But you know Money May ain't going out like that, Luke. He came back on Twitter. This is Floyd Mayweather and said, These YouTube girls better find some Barbie dolls to play with, because I'm not the one for the kid games. Three years ago a fighter from the UFC said my name And I had to put a muzzle on that bitch. At Logan, Paul can get the same treatment before I go conquer Japan again. Now, Floyd is referencing, Luke, that he recently did a press conference in Japan announcing his return of some kind of fight in the future. Let's remember he fought uh, Tenshin Nasakawa, the uh, teenage sensation kickboxer who was 25 pounds lighter than him that one time. Uh, Okay. Well, then Conor McGregor joined in, Luke, because I think you saw in that Floyd tweet he threw a little shade on Floyd. On Connor and Connor put up this photo uh, with him. Uh, yeah, with him. Um, OK,
1: and going, then going Luke, tip, tip to butt.
0: And then Logan Paul came back to Floyd's tweet and put up 50 to one, uh, 50 and one. I'm sorry. Floyd's record right, right. after he fights Logan. Uh, judge, uh, <laughs> you, you down with this?
1: I don't know what is sadder, this whole fucking circus or Rudy Giuliani sweating his hair dye out with these, you know, absurd claims of ass piss and piss in the ass that he's been doing all through the, uh, the North Midwest or the Northwest or what am I saying? Northwest Northeast, excuse me. I am, uh, it's a sad, this show, I don't care if this show is sad. It shouldn't be as sad as that is. That to me me is a level beyond what we should be doing.
0: First of all, I like Connor's response there. It's it's hilarious. It's on point for this show. But Luke, in all seriousness, uh it it wasn't Floyd wasn't too good for tension, okay? Floyd will cash your check if there's a lot of it. Floyd obviously knows that these YouTubers are gaining momentum. Uh do you think he would really fight Logan Paul in a boxing match and you know, after after you crept on it a few times, would you be interested? Would there be any form of like, all right, let's see what this looks like.
1: I'm not doing this. I have diarrhea, and I'd like to go to the next topic.
0: Okay, okay, all right, all right, Judge. Well, I'll respect your... Our final SJW shot of the week comes from uh, UFC... uh, What is he, a featherweight? Andre Touchy Feely. He says on Twitter... I don't effing trust cat people, not all the way, at least, even the ones very close to me in my life, even the ones I've known for years. If you get asked cats or dogs and you say cats and you really feel that in your heart, there's something wrong with you. Luke, uh, doc, a judge, judge, Luke Bader Ginsburg. Um, can you weigh in here? Because I think this is way off, Luke, way off. Yeah, this is super
1: way off. Dude, cats are awesome. Now, I don't know if I'd pick them over dogs, but I certainly wouldn't pick them under. People, like, there's this weird thing where people like to slander cats, and it's this sort of same, like, memeish thing where people are like, oh, I'm scared of clowns. No, you're not. You heard five other people say that, so now you repeat that. None of you are actually scared of clowns. Stop lying. It's the same thing with cats. It's like, oh, yeah, there's totally something wrong with cats. I mean, yes. You do catch people with like 30 cats in their house and they smell like piss and they have to get evicted and all the cats euthanized. You don't really see that with dogs in the same way. You do get some, you know, eccentric personalities like you over there with the world's worst fucking mask that I've ever seen. Uh, You look like a rat that drank neon fucking, I mean, it's like like if Master Splinter had the worst costume ever over there. What are you doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my Reggie Jackson mask. I'm a cat guy. Come on, touchy-feely. Dude, cats, are you are fucking
1: all, cats are fucking awesome. Your dog is not going to go catch a fucking lizard or a squirrel, you know, and bring that shit to your door. They don't suffer fools kindly. They'll smack your ass around. And, uh, you know, they're fucking hilarious in their own way. But I also love dogs. I think dogs are super amazing. And uh, your life can profit with having either in them.
0: Thank you for that. I didn't have dogs at all until about three years ago. And look, they've changed my life. I love them. I love my two dogs. All right, shout out to Molly, the Wonder Dog. But Luke, I'm a cat guy for life. All right, touchy-feely. By the way, uh, I really like that that weed thriller that uh, Mr. Faber put out. I know you're in it, Luke, okay? I know you didn't get any royalty check from that. I like touchy-feely's performance in that. But uh, hey, Judge, he's dead wrong on this, okay? All right?
1: Super, you know? super dead wrong. You think Jay's the cat are guy? Awesome.
0: Jay's probably a cat guy, too, right?
1: Jay is probably that guy in the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats that murders the cats at the beginning.
0: (laughs) All right, that's your uh, street justice, uh, social justice for the week on Wednesday. Okay. Hey, Luke, let's bring our Friday segment to Wednesday this week. Again, a reminder, we will have a bonus Friday Q&A show with Luke and I that was pre-taped, but here's a little dead wrong early, Luke, when we look back... Ah, oh, there it is. On the week of hot takes on this show, it's called Dead Wrong. Luke, here we go. Saturday night during UFC 255, during Jennifer Maya's ring entrance, you tweeted, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap is an uncomfortably appropriate walkout song for a fighter.
1: The yes. problem,
0: Luke was Maya yes, walked out yes. to TNT by ACDC, yes, not Dirty yes, Deeds. Yes. Bro, you're know. It's dead like, wrong.
1: I know. It's like tweeting, uh, it's like the equivalent of tweeting like Teenage Wasteland for the song being called Baba O'Reilly. BC, you ever heard the Cannibal Corpse cover of TNT? No,
0: no. no.
1: It is fuck, no, excuse me, not Cannibal Corpse. It's uh, Six Feet Under, the, who had the, the original lead singer of Cannibal Corpse uh, is now the singer of uh, Six Feet Under. They do a cover of it, and it is fucking awesome. So I highly recommend that. Yes, fine. You know, it, those, those are the lyrics, but okay, yes. Uh, that part. All is,
0: right, well, Luke, let's continue to take L's. I mean, the first you can't spell Luke without the letter L, right? You told me during <laughs> Monday's show when I very educatedly with my uh, high school plus no, a couple it, years. I'm, I'm about to pull the them.
1: okey-doke on you, so be very careful how you tread these waters, good friend.
0: Luke, with, with my community college education, I pulled off tangentially at a word as a word and you right. gave me except, except you that's didn't. not even a word people flooded the social webs and said not only is tangentially a word so is tangentially they're two separate words luke uh here's the definition of tangentially In a way that relates only slightly to a matter, peripherally, the narrative deals only tangentially with marriage. And number two, in the manner, position, or direction of a tangent. Luke, you were dead wrong, bro. I know my words. I know know stuff.
1: The the problem is you don't. So uh, let's see here. Uh, If you can, uh, good sir, uh, uh, gaff, throw up the tweet here that I would like to show. Look at the time of this. November 23rd, two twenty six. Today is the 25th. This is two days ago, meaning after Monday's show. The word is not chan- tangentially. It is tangentially because you actually have to get the I and the A in there. I use tangentially maybe six times every motherfucking live chat. It's amazing how people hear what they want to hear and don't actually understand the arguments that I make. It happens to me all the time, BC. Oh, Luke, you love steroids. Well, no, I just don't demean them in the way that people other do, uh, others do unnecessarily. Oh, Luke, you said X and uh, you said uh, Jaime Mungia was the heaviest puncher in boxing. No, I didn't. Listen again. Oh, Luke, you said Jan Blahovich came from 185. No, I didn't. Listen again. Go back and listen again. The issue is not that I don't know tangentially as a word. BC, it might be my favorite word next to, I don't know. <laughs> the, the words I enter in for my porn searches, but tangentially is not the word. It's not a word right. at all. It doesn't mean anything because it's not actually a word. So, ba-da, 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 ba-da.
0: <laughs> wow, wow, Triple H, uh, wow. Uh, so are you saying that I was dead wrong in my pronunciation, Luke? Because I don't. Not I don't... only,
1: not only were you dead wrong in your pronunciation, which is fine. We all get shit wrong time to time. I don't really care so much about that. But then the viewers who thought that this was some get, BC, I'm beginning to be a little bit skeptical of this segment because it only works if they're actually right that we are wrong. And yet, week after week, I have to keep pointing out here that people seem to have listening comprehension issues that I can't control. Folks, go back and watch. I did not get this wrong. I got the TNT thing wrong. Fine, I'll eat the L.
0: You told me it wasn't a word. You should have said, hey, BC.
1: Tangentially is not a word tangentially is a word because it's t-i-a-l-l-y not luke semantics
0: thomas here it's not fucking
1: semantics there's no word called tangentially it's like a mix between gentle and tangent
0: luckily you had more l's this week luke in your instant analysis to 255 on the morning combat channel you said valentina shevchenko has five title defenses of her flyweight title luke that's dead wrong she has four bro
1: Okay. I mean, I, you know what? I'm not sure how much I believe I even said this at this point, but I won't find <laughs> it so sure.
0: Wow. Look at, look at how Trump's looking at.
1: Sad. I, no, it's not. Sad no, no, no. Trump, tr- Trump would be asserting something without facts. I'm giving you the facts. There is no word T-A-N-G-E-N-T-A-L-L-Y. I did not
0: have relations with that word. I don't even think I said that. All right. Uh, Dead wrong continues. (laughs) Look, uh,
1: there's jizz on my dress, guy. You
0: were there. (laughs) I have proof. Luke, uh, I was dead wrong on Monday when looking at Tim Means' resume, which includes 23 UFC appearances. I made the assumption that outside of the Mike Perry win, he's Tim Means' good fighter, but... His best win is a win over Wash Tiago Silva. Turns out I was dead wrong, Luke. I meant Wash Tiago Alves was his best uh. win. I got my Brazilian screwed. Paulo Tiago, Tiago. I don't know. Yeah. Thiago yeah, but Splinter. is that who
1: is that who you meant in your I mind? I meant
0: Tiago Alves, and I forgot yeah. that Tiago Silva existed. When I said it, I was like, "Wait, is that Maheta?" No, Maheta is. Uh, yeah, I look, Luke. I'm not perfect, okay. I took it. I'll take the L. All right. It's lots
1: of Tiagos, bro. They get, there's a lot of them. Them donks.
0: Yeah, there. It really is. There really is. That was that racist of you? No, not really. Not really.
1: Just no, dude, but, so. dude. Jose, Jose. Is this true? You got I mean, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about Brazil to say this, but you know, from where, where my wife is from, dude, there's not a lot of different names. It's a lot of Juans. It's a lot of Diego's. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of. It's a lot of uh, Maria. It's a lot of Fernandez. It's just everyone's got the same name down there. So you know, there's a lot of Tiagos, bro. Of what can West you do? Website
0: story, yeah. All right, Luke. Uh, while recapping last week's Dead Wrong's during the Dead Wrong segment, Mikey, our producer, flip-flopped the nicknames in Dead Wrong. So remember, we kind of did a reverse double cross, send them back to hell, because apparently I did call Fel- Paul Felder the Red Dragon when his nickname is the Irish Dragon. No, no, uh,
1: you call. No, no, BC, you got it right. You called him the Irish Dragon, and someone said that. Uh, no, they're saying
0: we were wrong. I think the whole point of this being on the list is they're saying we tried to send our producers double back to hell, and they're saying I was wrong to begin with. It's just that it was presented in a weird way. I don't care. This uh, segment sucks. All right, Luke. Let's yeah, roll. Dude, on, okay? listen,
1: folks, here's the deal you want to submit to Dead Wrong, Morning Combat at gmail.com. You might want to double check. Is all I'm saying. You might want to go through that with a fine-tooth comb. Cause otherwise, I'm a fucking dunk on you. Or no, actually, no, I'm gonna do the Matumbo. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. All right, well, not going, going to happen. Luke.
0: During Monday's Have You Seen This Shit, I showed the video of that check fighter from the I Am Fighter promotion getting the spinny shit KO and then doing almost a third Reich Hitler thing. And somebody wrote in to say, Hey, BC, that check fighter salute was not a Nazi salute. Czechs were actually not fans of the Nazis at all. And it's more likely a reference to the most famous Czech athlete of all time, Jaromir Jager. And they said, uh, BC would appreciate that in recent years, Yaramir Yager slept with some model. She took a selfie with him in the morning and tried to blackmail him. And his response was to say, I don't care. And he sat up and smiled for another picture. Here's a video, Luke, of Yager doing that same (laughs) salute. All right. I guess I'm dead wrong, Luke. He's All right. I mean, uh, you know, Jay's people uh, survived this segment. This is great. All right. I I did not mean to reference that man's name. Okay.
1: I might be getting this wrong, but I feel like there was a time in one of the previous Olympics where uh, Alex Ovechkin laid Yager out like fucking super hardcore in the middle of the ice, and I really enjoyed that because, you know, he played for Pittsburgh, right? But I got to tell you, I got a newfound respect for this man. That is (laughs) quite awesome.
0: He's got a great mullet there, Yager. Uh, Shout out to him. Anyone that that was on the NHL 94 video game on Sega Genesis, Luke, I, I love them for life, okay? You, you know, you know I've that? never
1: played a... I don't think I've ever played a hockey video game.
0: Oh, my God, NHL 94 on Sega is the best. That was the first year with one-timers, Luke, and you can... Oh, the guy would get up and pop what's in the, the glass best, in the crowd.
1: What's the best NBA game?
0: Well, there's... Okay, at the time... It doesn't hold up now. At the time when NBA Live 98 came out on PlayStation 1 on EA Sports, that was the first game that had legitimate post-up play with pivoting and head faking and stuff. I loved that. Um, If you want to talk about all time, I mean, look, there's the modern games are pretty awesome. My kid just got a 2K20 on um, on uh, Xbox. We we're playing
1: that. What the was the night. one? Yeah. It was still in arcades where the players had giant heads. Yeah. NBA
0: Jam and NBA Jam still yeah. holds up today on like Sega. If you still have that, if you can still make that happen. Wow. We got a text here from our trusty producer, uh, Mike Mormile. He says uh, it was presented wrong.
1: BC was right. It was presented wrong. Whatever. I Whatever. Uh, on the on the Irish dragon thing, I don't even know what that means anymore.
0: Either do I. The segment's done. Hey, let's go on to our other segment. We love when we put the spotlight back on the fans, Luke. It's our fan submissions of the week. Do we have a uh, graphic for this?
1: There it is. You've got mail.
0: All right, Luke. This is where our people send in pictures of them. Wow. Doing stuff. Shout out to a great couple on Instagram. We've talked about them before. At Bill and Jen's RV adventure, Luke. They um, sold their house, moved into an RV. They work from the RV during the day and then travel all around our great country. This is Bill, I think the other day, at Redwood National uh, Park in uh, California. It's a big tree, Lou. Dude,
1: that is, that is, God bless these people. They're living the life. Have you ever been to the Redwoods in no, uh, California? No,
0: I want to hit every spot on their on their Instagram account. I want to go every single spot in the out west. It I mean, is, I dude.
1: It, not... is, it is spectacular. Dude, that's like... It's the only time I've ever seen a forest, and I was like, "This is, this is what it must have been like to live around." With. I mean, it's not, but you feel like it's prehistoric, like what the dinosaurs must have seen or something. Like, it is shocking how fucking amazing those trees look.
0: Yeah, that looks awesome. And uh, Bill fills out that uh, MKT shirt pretty well. You can get yours uh, as well. Black Friday sale at store.show.com. All right, all right, yeah.
1: God, mm-hmm. God bless him. Great, thanks for the pick and happy adventures, man. keeps Keep sending us stuff.
0: Absolutely. All right, on Instagram, uh, a fellow that's shown up a few times on here, Anya Bury made this nice photo of the future for Luke and BC. Luke, there's a lot <laughs> going on in this photo here. On the right side, it's Luke having a book signing. His book is called Is The Juice Worth the Squeeze. <laughs> Doping in combat sports dissected for uh... Dogs. And look who's getting a signed copy. One John Jones, Luke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so wait what are you doing beige beige bargain bin dot cock
0: <laughs> i don't quite understand i think this is a, a bc t-shirt store so we got we got a bro back mounting uh t-shirt with you and i as cowboys hugging each other there's the tip on tip t-shirt which i would wear that shirt if we can get that on the uh, merch site uh et and bc style look is that me as et and you driving the bike luke
1: I, I think so, but that means yeah, you're the I, you're the cool one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You're you're Elliot. Yeah, yeah. You're, Hold on. You're he,
1: here is something you may not appreciate. I could be wrong about this, but I I, I believe this is correct. If you look at my little uh, step and repeat there, or whatever that is, where it says "Is the juice worth the squeeze," that is the same font that they use in the New Yorker magazine, like a really fucking pretentious <laughs> font, you know. And not only do I say, is the juice worth the squeeze a lot? That's a perfect title for a book about doping. That it is really is. Dude, this is that that has to be one of the better ones we've ever had.
0: Yeah, this is this is almost Web Scream territory in terms of uh, the greatness of the show's history of uh, work here. All right. Oliver M has sent in this movie poster as a take on Seth Rogen's Sausage Party movie. Look, it's Sausage Combat. A Donk Will Rise. Come for the fight talk, stay for the tip to tip. All right.
1: What's it say at the bottom? I can't read it because it's what you call it.
0: If if you don't like it, you can go Pound sausage. Pound Luke. sausage. That's appropriate there. That's well done. Well done right there. All right. Hey I, Scott Rizzo. I hope, I hope, I hope you're proud of our audience. Scott Riz Scott M Rizzo, R I Z Z O is back with a Starsky and Hutch-inspired poster of MK. Look, I love it. I love it, bro.
1: I love it, dude, but it's so dated. I mean, does anyone under the age of thirty know what Starsky and Hutch is? I
0: know. The sad part is I I, I was watching Dukes of Hazards, so all these Starsky and Hutch, all these shows like, you know, when I was like three, four, five years old, I remember specifically. But our our listeners, for the most part, Luke, they don't they don't know this crap. All right. Well done, Scott Rizzo. He also, Luke, is back with a live look at your front yard right now. This is interesting. I don't know how he got your address, but this is interesting. <laughs> I'd like to coat your bar, Luke.
1: <laughs> Luke, what are you Yeah, that you gonna use that gun metal? Or what are you gonna do with it, buddy? <laughs> uh, saliva doesn't get the job done.
0: All right. Uh, hey, Luke, Todd M. has sent us uh, the next two. We have a Cool Hand Luke movie poster.
1: Oh, when he ate all the eggs? That is awesome. Look at you, looking like a goober back there. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and Todd M. has also sent us a new idea for our merch, MK Hard Boiled Eggs. Luke, <laughs> we got Wavos, Luke. We got Wavos, right?
1: Dude, I got to tell you, th- this might be the strongest fan submission segment we've ever done. This is, Ooh. these are good. These are very, very, very good.
0: Uh, they Well, they get better, Luke. You know Dickles? That guy is rising in our rankings right now. Uh, he came through with the fan sub this week. Here are four of them from him uh, to bring us into the holiday. Here's Luke at Chipotle. <laughs> re- re- referencing that that bloody bathroom joke you made earlier in the week, Luke.
1: Oh, that is gross that's it's good gross. that's yep. good
0: uh well it gets better too dickles is trying to commemorate the great valentina shevchenko interview i did from the hotel room for mk
1: <laughs> God. dude these fucking guys know us too well we have nowhere to hide oh dude that is And they even did it with, like, the old Spider-Man comic book style, you know? Meanwhile.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, Here's another fan shot of me in L.A., apparently. I've not seen this one yet. Let's see where we're going with this, Luke. Uh, Happy Happy Eggs. eggs Oh,
1: yeah, because you ate, like, a fucking trash panda? (laughs) Yes, That's pretty good.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) finally, that is really good, actually. Finally, Dickles closes us out with an early preview of Luke's Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> so hold, so okay so hold on so if you get this uh rogan showed me this thing this like, thing you wear on your head i didn't know what it was it's something you can wear for like you know in a covid inspired world uh everything is correct except there. De- even with this bc there's not going to be turkey at my table big guy i'm not eating yeah. that shit
0: well there's a little elote right there right you get down with that Right?
1: Oh, yeah. Do do the street corn? Fuck yeah, I do.
0: Hell yeah. I could see you wearing that, though, to allow 80-year-old Rob Thomas a chance to celebrate with you, right?
1: Nah, I got to go see him separately from this. That's too funny, If though.
0: you're gone, baby, you'll need to come home.
1: That is he, funny. He, that is Luke, really funny. Luke, he's never
0: been called Rob, right? Ever?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I'm going to call him Rob. Well, what I got to say, Dad? I mean, you know what? Hold on, BC. That was... Round of applause for those guys! Shout uh, out was... to
0: Todd M, Scott Rizzo, Dickels, all the crew. All right, well done, people. Yeah, well done.
1: By the way, if you're not good at if you're not good at like um, Photoshop, don't worry about it. Do what our gentleman who's in the RV does. Just, you know, wear some gear and then, you know, wear your gear out in some kind of place or you and your buddies drinking 40s or, you know, something like that. Just as long as you're sporting the gear, we'll give you some shine on the show. Right, B.C.?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, sell. First of all, sell your house, sell all your belongings, move into an RV, right? And then you <laughs> you got three shirts. If two of them are MK, you're bound to take some photos with them. You know, it's fantastic. I love it.
1: Uh, all right. Well, with that in mind, let's do this, B.C., uh, submissions including for dead wrong although please you know try to tighten those up a little bit you can go to morningcombat@gmail.com morningcombat@gmail.com at gmail.com Morningcombat at gmail.com is the best place to get those in send them along please don't stop you know the show works as a two-way conversation so we need your help in that regard so appreciate everyone who has done that just the same uh video of course you know thumbs up and subscribe to the channel we're almost at our goal for the the rest of the month help us hit 70k before we hit december 1. And then uh, here we are on socials, BC. You can get to us on Insta. You can get to us on uh, the tweets. And then Morning Combat is consistent all the way through. By the way, you can also have a vanity URL, youtube.com slash morningcombat. Reminder, Friday we will will have fresh original content up. Saturday, of course, you have UFC as well as Roy Jones and blah, 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 blah. Um, So be on the lookout for some content related to that. If you want to try Showtime, you certainly can, showtime.com is a place to do it. 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pound sand. Be on the lookout for our socials on Friday because we'll give you the the code to get gear from store.show.com, morning combat gear, on sale for Black Friday. All right? So there we have the world's weirdest person (laughs) with a werewolf mask that is supposed to be a cat. I've never seen a cat with teeth like that, bro. Never in my life.
0: You look like the most fucked up
1: member of Slipknot. (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> can I join Guar like this, Luke? Please.
1: No, on. dude. Do you ever seen Guar in person? Their shit is amazing. But okay, I,
0: I hear it's we, legendary. Uh,
1: I have to go. Uh, I have to go to Whole Foods and shop for groceries. So that's gonna be fun. So I gotta get out of here for uh, yeah, Showtime for Malka. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Please be safe. Wear a mask if you have to. Don't breathe heavy on Grandma. We'll see you guys uh, later on the week for some content. That's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. And Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal.